0: Back over 30 years ago, I was a student here at the seminary and took the worship leadership course and was assigned a passage to study on worship. And it was actually this passage. And it was uh, just to look at it and implications for worship. I think something along that line was the assignment. And I remember the professor saying that this is the first time the word worship appears in the Bible. Now, we see acts of worship. Uh, obviously sacrifices being offered and that kind of thing but this may be the first time the word worship is actually used and I remember back then looking at that passage and did a full paper on it and I don't remember every detail of the paper but I do remember looking at it and thinking here are some things that are required really to worship the Lord and I'd like for us to look at those because worship again will be our theme throughout the chapel services this semester and we ought to be prepared for worship. Now this chapel is not your local church but I would still like for you to think of it in a way that uh, we're going to worship the Lord when we come here. In verse 20, chapter 22 verse 1 now it came about after these things when finally the promised son Isaac was born for example those things that come and been, been done that God tested Abraham now if you have some versions they'll say God tempted Abraham we know what the Bible tells us in James chapter 1 verse 13 don't say that God is tempting you because God cannot be tempted with evil and neither does he tempt anyone so God does not tempt us but God does allow us to go through times of testing Even Jesus was tempted in the wilderness according to Matthew chapter 4 in the gospel. But we know that that tempting really again was better to be seen as a testing. And Jesus passed that test and God has a test for Abraham. And so he says to Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. You know, I've wondered here, you see this positive yes that Abraham gives as soon as God speaks. I think the first thing to get ready for worship is that right there. Say yes to the Lord even before you know what he wants you to do. I wonder if Abraham would have responded so immediately, here I am, if he had known what the Lord wanted him to do. I I don't know. We don't know. But we see the example here of whether you know or not. Listen, we ought to respond to Almighty God With a yes whenever he calls. That would be our first way to prepare for worship. Verse 2, he said, the Lord said to Abraham, Take now your son, notice the progression here, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love. It just builds, he's the son, he's your only son, and he's the son you love. Take that son, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, of which I will tell you. I cannot imagine what Abraham felt when he heard that message. But we see that he responded very quickly in verse 3. Now before we go there, I want to mention a couple of things about uh, Mount Moriah. It's not mentioned much in Scripture. We do see it mentioned in the book of Second Chronicles. And 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1 says then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And he began to build the second day in the second month of the, uh, the fourth year of his reign. On Mount Moriah it's a mountain range and I'm not, we don't know exactly what happened where but it sure is interesting to know that God told Abraham to go to a place on Mount Moriah years later David buys a threshing floor on Mount Moriah and gives that floor to his son who builds the temple there David is going to be given the floor, the threshing floor, but you remember what he says? No, I will not offer anything to God that cost me nothing. Now I don't know, we don't know, I, 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 at least I don't know, what David knew about that site. But did he know that Abraham had taken his son Isaac there If so, then it would make even more sense knowing what Abraham was willing to offer at that very site or in that very area would make a lot of sense for him to say (laughs) Abraham was willing to offer his son here I cannot offer anything that cost me nothing and then for Solomon to build the holy temple there it's a very important place and what God is doing in the life of Abraham is, is, is just showing his awesome power to put things in order, to set them in place. And so, verse 3, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. And Let's just pause there for a second. So he got up early in the morning. He got up immediately, basically. Uh, the next day, he got up to do what God had told him to do. When you're going to prepare for worship, one is say yes before you even know what the Lord wants and then when you do know what he wants, respond immediately. I've thought many times about the passage, the model prayer, where Jesus prayed in that, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you think God's will is done in heaven? Do you think when his will is known, people say, well, okay, God, I'll think about that. <laughs> no, his will is done immediately. And it's done in complete obedience. And it's done joyfully. There's no doubt when people in heaven, you know, hear the Lord, when he directs them in any way, his will, it's, it's clear that people are going to respond joyfully Completely, obediently and immediately and here you see Abraham's example I don't know what he thought about through the night but when it came the morning he rose up early he didn't sleep late he got up early and did what the Lord had told him he also prepared for what he knew was coming with the worship so we should do the same thing we should be saying yes We should be responding immediately, and we should be preparing. How did he prepare? Well, he was told to go offer a burnt offering. So he prepares and gets the things needed for a burnt offering. In verse 3, so Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. He split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. The idea here seems to be when he split the wood for the burnt offering, he's splitting enough wood to carry to burn up an animal. So it's a pretty good bit of wood that he's going to be carrying there with him. Verse 4, it says, On the third day Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. This is an exciting verse of scripture. Because we see here after Abraham has said yes to the Lord. And after he has obeyed immediately. After he is prepared for worship. We see him going to worship in faith. He knew very well that God had said, Isaac is the one, the promised one, in whom your seed will be called. This is the promised son. And so here, here Abraham, who's longed for the son, you know, Abraham's name means, you know, mul- father of multitudes, <laughs> exalted father, father of multitudes, and yet he's never had a child, and he finally does have a child, and it's this child, Isaac, and God says, go burn him up how's he going to have kids? How's he going to to have descendants if Isaac is burnt up? Well, he goes in faith. He goes and said, we will go to worship on that mountain and we will return. You know, one of the rules of Bible study is to let Scripture interpret Scripture. The book of Hebrews tells us this very thing. In Hebrews chapter 11, that great faith chapter of the Bible, verse 17 says that it was by faith Abraham when he was tested offered up Isaac and he who who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. Abraham had been given the promise that all nations would be blessed through him and yet he went and was willing to sacrifice that, that descendant anyway. He did it in faith the scripture says. It further affirms verse 18 that it was he, it was Isaac in whom it was said in Isaac your descendants shall be called what's Abraham thinking we're going to return we're going to go worship we're going to return is he going to bring back ashes what Abraham believed according to verse 9 he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead and From which he also received him back as a type what he's saying is that's really what happened because in in Abraham's mind he was sacrificing his son he knew in a a way it says it was a figure it was a type that God did raise Isaac from the dead I've thought about this earlier in Hebrews 11 it speaks about Isaac really being born from a a, a, you know his mother Sarah really her, her womb was dead Isaac was born from a dead womb Abraham maybe that's what he was thinking Hey, Isaac got here (laughs) he was born from a dead womb God can raise him from the dead he goes on to say this in in verse uh, uh, 6 Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son Now some people would say, oh by the way, back where he says the lad and I will go over there and we will return. It sure sounds like Isaac is a little boy. But the word lad is actually the same word used for the young men. And when you look at timing, we don't know exactly how old they are. But probably Isaac is in at least his late teens, early 20s, about the age of some of us here. And he's old enough big enough to carry enough wood to burn up an animal and burn sacrifice so he's, he's not a, a boy he's at least a young man and his father is at least probably 120 or more years old I say that to let you remind you that Isaac probably could have taken his dad Okay, <laughs> he could, have, he, could have, he could have resisted his dad but what you see happen here in verse 7 Uh, uh, verse 6 Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering laid it on Isaac his son and he took in his hand the fire and the knife so the two of them walked on together Uh, that part will choke you up there verse 7 said Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said my father he said here I am my son This this is the second time where someone's called Abraham and he said here I am last time he did that he got a you know, a command to go offer his son to sacrifice, but he he responds quickly. Here, here I am, son. And Isaac just asks him, says, "Well, you know, behold, here we got the fire and we got the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering?" And Abraham speaks one of the greatest theological truths of, of all time: God will provide for Himself the lamb for the burnt offering my son. So the two of them walked on together and they came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. The term bound there is used to uh, binding an animal where they'd Bind all four of his legs together, and lay him up there. So it seems like probably he had Isaac bend over and tied his arms, hands, and feet together, and he puts him up on the wood. And you know, I gotta tell you what, um, if, if my dad started doing that to me, I, I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd question him. I'd say something. I'd, I'd say, "Hold on a minute," I'd back off. But would you? Would you do something like that? Yeah, you think is, is he going crazy? But as much as you see Abraham acting in faith, you look, you also see Isaac operating in faith. Because he willingly submits to his father. He lets his father bind him. He lets his father put him on the wood. And he lets his father get that knife out, which would have been one of these big knives that they would have used to cut up animals with. And I've often thought about, like, you know, Abraham with this knife and he's about to, you know, stab Isaac, but probably he would have done it like you would have done a sacrifice, you would have slit the throat of the animal. My goodness. So I guess you would have had Abraham grab the hair of his son and prepare to slit his throat. And that's what it's saying here that that you know Abraham does that. Abraham, verse 10, stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. In Abraham's heart and mind, he is doing it. He is sacrificing his son, but the angel of the Lord from heaven cries out emphatically, "Abraham, Abraham!" I can just imagine Abraham's, "Yeah, here, here I am!" And what a blessed message he has for him in verse twelve. He said, do not stretch out your hand against, uh, against the lad. Do nothing to him. Why? For now I know. Now, God knows everything. He already knew. It wasn't like God is looking and saying, oh, oh, okay, now I do know. Oh, okay, now I see. No, he's he just announcing, I know that you fear God. And that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. You know, to worship we need to say yes before we even know what God wants. And then when we do know, we need to respond immediately. And then we need to prepare for that type of worship or that act that he has for us. And we need to go in faith, but we also need to have fear of God. And that's what God is looking for here. I guess I always kind of thought that this passage was, do you seeing if Isaac? Excuse me, seeing if Abraham loved God more than than Isaac? Well, it's it's a matter of fearing God, fearing Him. At that very moment, when Abraham, verse thirteen, raised his eyes and looked, and behold, and the idea, you know, he raised his eyes. It was like just 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 right then, this this ram appears. It's caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and he offered that. He offered him up. He offered up the ram for a burnt offering in the place of his son. As a substitute for his son, he put that ram there. And called the place the Lord will provide. You know, you think about this here for just a moment, it cannot help but remind you of what's going to happen thousands of years in the future. That in this same spot, area, again, we, are, we can't guarantee that like exactly where this was, where this happened, but it was really close. That the Heavenly Father would lead His only son would lead his beloved son he would put wood upon him the wood of a cross and he would carry that cross and he would place his son on that wood to hang on that cross the son could have resisted The Bible even tells us that he could have called tens thousands of angels, Matthew 26. He could have called them. He could have resisted against his father but instead he submitted to his father. He was the lamb the father provided for the offering in your place. A little bit more than Isaac who was in in a way, in a type raised from the dead, Jesus was raised from the dead not figuratively but completely and really. Abraham said yes to the Lord before he even knew what he wanted him to do. that's required as a prerequisite for worship I mean for real worship. he obeyed immediately that's a prerequisite what's you know, to, to do that. He prepared himself for the worship and he went out with faith and with fear of God. Does this describe you and your worship? When I was convicted of my sins years ago, I, I feared God. I mean I remember how much of a burden that was upon me and I feared God. I knew I need to do something with the Lord. But now after decades of his blessings upon my life, of learning, going to seminary and studying at home and the learning and the spiritual growth I've done, as much as I've grown, do you know that I can still attend worship services lacking the fear of God that I should have? Has ever happened to you how many people go to church and really they're concerned about is the worship service going to please me is the music the like like I, the, the kind I like or the, the preaching the kind of like you know it's about me and there's no fear of God and coming into his presence and worshiping him. There will be many, many people who would tell us, yeah, I attended worship on Sunday. But today their lives are no different than it was before the day they went. I tell you, it is impossible, and I'm guilty of this, but it is impossible to be in the presence of God and worship him truly and leave without being changed. And yet many people go to church and worship with no change in their lives. Are you prepared for worship? Are you saying yes to the Lord before you know the specifics of what He wants? And then are you responding to what specifics you do know with immediate, complete, and joyful obedience? Are you preparing for worship? Abraham brought wood and so forth. And he had to work at that to bring it. Are you preparing for say, Sunday? Do you? Some people come to church and they don't even bring a Bible. They're not bringing anything to worship. Some people at the last minute think, Oh, well, oh yeah, I guess I'll go to church. They're not preparing for worship. And are you proceeding to worship? In faith, Abraham went with the faith that God had promised him. He knew what God had promised him. In Abraham, excuse me, in Isaac, your seed will be called. And he went believing that God was going to fulfill that promise. He didn't know exactly how, except he knew if, if I'm going to sacrifice Isaac, God's going to raise him from the dead. That's got to be the way it happens. After this, we didn't read it, but if you read the rest of chapter 22, at least the next several verses, you'll see that in those verses, God renews that covenant promise with Abraham. Yep, everything, all nations will be blessed through you. And are you coming to worship him in fear and awe? The God who can do, orchestrate all of this, is a God worthy of our worship. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Paid for our sins in our place. And what a blessed, blessed thing.